This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Hey everybody, it's H, and welcome to the latest installment of Escape Patch, your portal into cinematic pocket universes. This week, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason. You were like a big firm lawyer in the early 2000s. My God, you were talking about, like, check out the rapper on this Cohiba. And it's the return of the king, Jeremiah Gordon. We don't want to get into absolute, but it's not been up until the right. I can tell you that. We finally tackle our very first Denzel, Spike Lee's heist thriller, Inside Man. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast, or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us online whenever you want, and a Patreon where you can support us and unlock exclusive perks. Links are in the show notes. And now, without further ado, Inside Man. Jeremiah, you're back. He's back. Back Episode again. <laughs> he got invited back. Once again. Fan favorite episode. People demanded more. It's a great episode. It is a great episode. We're talking, of course, about Jeremiah's last and first appearance on Escape Hatch, where we covered Boys, Boys in, in the, the Hood. hood. Uh, a, an all-timer. One of our best. Mm-hmm. What's going on? So, Jeremiah, we've been trying to get you back on here, and then Jason got sick. I was sick. That canceled one appearance. Tonight, his kids refused to go to bed. Like, uh, that almost God, blew up tonight. fucking kids just will not go to bed. What happened? It, it didn't... It, she just, like, had a nap late, and so it was just, like... It was, like, 8.30. I'd been in bed. I'd been, like, trying to put her down for an hour, and she was like... Let's play I Spy. Like, I Spy with my eye, some, something yellow. I was like, no, it's not time for I Spy. She's like, I Spy something yellow. I was like, all right, what are we going to do now? Uh, so, yeah, that Crystal had to take over. She's got both kids, putting both kids down. It's not great for me because I'm also going out of town for three nights. So now she's got four nights this week in which she's doing double bedtime duty. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not great. It's not great. I hope you're sending um, something, uh, gifts. I mean, what am I supposed to send? What am I going to send from <laughs> Chicago? That's going to make up for that. Some deep dish pizza. Jeremiah, any suggestions? <laughs> uh, I have no suggestions of what to send from Chicago. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you ever spent any time in Chicago? I have been to Chicago a handful of times. How about New But I'm not, I can't say that I know the city well. How about New York? I was thinking about this while I was watching this. Sure, oh, I spent York. a lot of time in New York. I lived in New York. Yeah. I I knew I know at least Manhattan pretty well. Okay, nice. And that was after college. It was after college. I mean, I I I'm probably I've been to New York four or five times a year, even today. Oh wow! Okay. Nice. So Jeremiah used to arrange for cultural excursions for freshmen <laughs> at our university to go to to go to New York City to experience to experience life in the Big Apple. Well, this is a true story. I would take um, I was like an advisor and I would take my students to go see to go to go to the um, the Apollo to go see Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, wow. And who take like some take some like farmhands from Iowa to go Look. see to go, to go see Sandman. Who was hot at that point? Who who was headlining at the Apollo? Oh no, oh Showtime of the Apollo is like is a review. Amateur night. Where amateurs go yeah. and you either cheer oh. or boo them. So it's not 
It's no one you've ever heard of. Okay. And let me tell you, okay. none of the amateurs that come on a weekday night have still been heard. <laughs> right. and that was 25 years ago. We're still waiting to be discovered. <laughs> We're not waiting for it, but they're waiting for it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that that is wild stuff. Well, I so I was thinking about that because um, I approached you. Obviously, we wanted to have you back on the pod uh, after our last discussion there. And um, I said, I actually, Jason, I cut you out of the loop. I just went straight to Jeremiah on email, yeah. and I was like, dude, we need to cover Denzel. What do yeah. what do we do? And you agreed to come back on. And first, you wanted to do Mo Better Blues. So so just like I love Mo Better Blues. Um, that movie's incredible. I haven't seen it in 30 years, but it was one of my favorite movies in college. So I, I've seen it more frequently, than, more recently than that, but not that much more recently. Mm. It was more about the vibe. It's like a vibe, like the jazz club vibe. Didn't sound mm-hmm. like it, like, it, like it was just the vibe of, of the time. I have no idea. I don't remember. My guess is it's probably not a good movie watching it in hindsight, but it mm. felt right then because it felt like it covered a vibe of a time and a place. But I don't know. I haven't seen it in 25 years. Wasn't that one of Spike's last like acting roles? Um, I think that was like towards towards the end of him. Like, so that being, I don't know. Being in the movie. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember, Bleak, you'll play again. You'll play again. You'll play again. You'll play again, Bleak. Man, I see a lot of Denzel like highlights and clips in TikTok for some reason. There's a lot of the really? one from when he was the drunk pilot. I see a lot of that. Never seen and that. Then there, which is like whatever that one was. And then there's Flight. Flight. And then yeah. there's a lot of clips from, I've seen a lot of clips from Man on Fire, which is phenomenal. Is that good? And then, oh my God, Man on Fire is phenomenal. And then I've seen a lot of clips, and this I haven't seen, of Equalizer. I like, you know, the the two, there's multiple of them. I haven't seen any of the equalizers and he's just a fucking badass. Like, it's just about like him just being like an insane badass. Um, he's great. Denzel's great. What can you do with Denzel? I thought you were going to say, remember the Titans. They were going to play a couple of I haven't, I've never that. seen that one either. Yeah, never seen I it. People, Is it good? Oh my, that's that. a good movie. That's a quality movie. We, I should see it. That's the one I thought we would do. I thought we were going to do that, or uh, is it Training Day? Or is Training Day, which I've also not never seen. Never seen it. Oh. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah. The stuff you guys have seen is not the stuff I've seen. Training Day is a very, 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 very good movie. Yeah. And Denzel plays a character he never plays again. Or before. Huh. Yeah. A, a bad, a bad, a really bad guy. Yes. <laughs> like, and then Crimson yeah. Tide was the other one that I was thinking. Crimson of. Tide's phenomenal, which I that okay. would be a good one. We need to do Submarine Month. Yes. Can we do Crimson Tide, Das Boot, Hunt for Red October, Das Boot, and you know, there's this other movie which I haven't seen. Um, Greyhound. Tom Hanks yeah. is like in a Tom Apple, Hanks is like Apple on a TV destroyer. Mm-hmm. Never saw that one. It looks awesome. Hunting a U boat. It looks phenomenal. Mm. Um. Yeah, we need to do submarine mode. That's something like some real middle-aged dad bullshit. It's just like <laughs> some submarine movies for a month. <laughs> I'm down. I will definitely do it. If you'll come back for check. I'm going to be honest with t- you guys. I don't love submarine movies because I'm claustrophobic and I don't like being that deep underwater. Yeah. So I'm always yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. can yeah. we just do this on land? Is that a possibility? That's not good. <laughs> it's got to stink in there. It's got to be smelling the submarine. Oh, yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Well, well. so we're thrilled to have you here. Uh, we did end up choosing Spike Lee's heist thriller with Clive Owen, amazing. Jodie Foster, Christopher Plummer, um, Inside Man. 
this is an amazing movie that I'd seen once and I'd forgotten how good it was. And just an amazing movie for Spike to do on so many levels. Like uh, he does a heist movie. It's like this very complicated narrative structure, um, a really good movie uh, and definitely in our wheelhouse. It doesn't seem like a Spike movie. Every time I say no, it, not to me. Times, no. I was like, are you yeah. sure Spike directed it? Sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels like it feels like it's like it, he he was like, all right, fine, I'll 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 pinch in on this. Uh, it, it's it's really a different kind of movie. It's great. Mm. Well, we're gonna get into that uh, in just a few minutes. Before we do, Jason, we're still riding yes. high on last week, Mad Max yeah. Fury Road with Ryan Condon. Great episode. Everyone loves this episode. People should check it out. They're excited to. Uh, hear us talk about that wonderful movie. Mm. Um, I enjoyed doing it. I got to talk about Tom Hardy. I realized like, as you put in our social promotion for it, that Tom Hardy might be my favorite contemporary actor mm. of the, of the current generation. Uh, I just love that movie. He's great. How are you great. with Mad Max, Jeremiah? Have you seen that one, Jeremiah? That's not my jam. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but... <laughs> I, it's not gonna be not, not, not nothing in the me. desert nothing nothing underwater what about beyond thunderdome did you see beyond thunderdome when you were a Here's kid a did you see that and this is gonna this is a very west coast my age bracket reference they all go just there because of tupac tupac and drake that's all they're like in a bad tupac <laughs> video i'd rather just see uh, um, right. um the tupac rap video and call it a day i've seen enough california <laughs> I can watch California Love in four minutes. Y'all sit there for two hours watching the same movie. You got the hoochie I'm screaming. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, hear that. Fair That's fair. Uh, that is fair. Well, it was a great, it was a great episode. It was great to see Ryan again, but I'm calling it out because Ryan, not only does he come on the pod all the time and he's just incredible, but he also has introduced us to a bunch of people, including our guest for next week. So he just did a cold email introduction to one of his pals, who's a screenwriter who wrote among other things, doom. Yes. Talking the rock, uh, old school yeah. Godzilla. Uh, 2013, Shang-Chi, and Across the Spider-Verse. Hello. Yeah. Amazing. Miles Morales, like one of yeah. the greatest movies of the year. And he also that wrote, good one. he wrote Beyond the Spider-Verse. So this is Dave Callahan who's joining us next week. Dave Callahan, And he picked one of his favorite movies of all time directly in all of our wheelhouses, the 1990s ski movie, Aspen Extreme. Aspen Extreme. Yeah, I feel you know, Jeremiah. You know who I think loves Aspen Extreme is uh, is Reardon. I think I think Re I think Reardon has like Aspen Extreme in his top five for sure. Uh, and I'm excited to revisit it. I've seen. I think I saw it once in a very. I'm googling it. I'm gonna tell you right now. They, the people who are in this movie, they kept a low profile career wise. They kept a low profile. <laughs> Peter Berg went on to, to direct a bunch of movies, including yeah. he almost made a Dune movie uh, in 2009. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so Jeremiah, Friday what what are night. your top three ski movies? What are your top three <laughs> ski movies? Oh, I got an answer for that. I've seen Jeremiah ski. I've been skiing with Jeremiah. Why did I get married? Which is a Tyler Perry movie that okay. was set in a ski resort. So you thought I wasn't going to have an answer, Jason. I'd actually ask an answer. That's on the list. Misery. There wasn't a lot of skiing, Whoa. but that was awesome. Out in the snow. Good call. Wow. That's a good call. Okay. That's a good call. The third one, we'd have to give it a little more thought. Because I'm, not, <laughs> I'm a warm weather person. I don't do the cold like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
That is very fair. I'll be excited for that. It'll be a great week, a great episode next week. It's going to be wild. I have no idea what to expect, uh, but but we are going to go for it. So that's next week, Aspen Extreme with Dave Callahan. Jason, can we please do some quick hatch news? Would you like to know more? News from beyond. <laughs> all right. So SAG, uh, the AMPTP, oh, they negotiated all weekend. Jeremiah, oh, your take God. on the current stand. Like what's, once you get to the point where you're like drafting the press releases and stuff, are you basically done or do you ever get deals that blow up at that point? Are they? Well, it's not oh. done till it's done. So yes, I've had to blow up at exactly that point. Mm. I seen. I saw Daniel Radcliffe was posting photos from the strike, the picket line today. So I can't be done. Done. Like they're still, they're still, they're, they're still hitting it. But they they negotiated all day Saturday, and then Sunday they did offline stuff, and then today I think they were meeting remotely. Um, but apparently it's just down to the AI issue as the main sticking yeah. point at this point, which is huge. Uh, if they got over the revenue, the per subscriber revenue issue. Yeah. So all right. As well, a total non, I'm not an expert in this. I'm surprised that the writers got over the AI stuff faster than the actors. Yeah. That would be the opposite of what I would have predicted. Same. I, the, it's, I mean, it's, and we stand with the unions, but it sounds like the, 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 the actors were like, they had some specific ideas about what they were going to get in this deal. And like, they really went for it. Um, and so we'll see how it shakes out, but yeah, they, they, they got aggressive. I will say there, there, there are some real issues that, and they've already been encountered on the acting side more so than the writer side. So for instance, mm -hmm. it's now common practice for Marvel when they hire someone to be an extra, mm -hmm. they will literally take the extra and they say, okay, before you leave, step into this booth and we're going to shoot you. Uh, and 3D digitally encode you. That way, if we have to change the set from being in New York to being in Chicago, we can just yeah. we just move you over there, no problem. Right. So there's a lot of concern that people are going to have their images reused in ways that they don't mm. expect or have control over or don't get paid for. Mm. All right, makes sense. I right, we'll see how it shakes out. I look forward to being done. We got I look, I've got we've got deposit. I don't think they're going to let us move this Dune party a second time. Um, and so this thing needs to resolve so we can have the premiere and we can, you know, we can get out there. Jeremiah, are you coming to the you coming to the Dune 2 party? March 14th. I think my uh, invitation got uh, lost in the mail, Jason. No, well, no one's invitation been sent. Don't get, don't get, don't get butt hurt yet. Like, but you know, if you, I'm, I'm inviting you right now. You're the first to be invited. <laughs> Coming soon, March 14th. We'll get, we'll get with your, we'll get with your people. Um, all right. Last piece is just to say, let's welcome some new Discord members: Jason, Magnolia, May, Haley. Oh yeah. And Patrick. Hello. Welcome. Nice to see you. Hello. The Discord is very active right now, Jason. There's a lot yeah. more conversation going on in politics than I expected. Uh, and this has become a real place where people are having real meaningful discussions about a very complicated set of time in the world right now. And I just feel like that's a that's a good thing. I've I've I personally have enjoyed more of the memes in the hashtag <laughs> tech channel than anything else. There's been some really quality memes, some really good jokes at uh, Sam Bankman Freed's expense. Um, so it's been, there's been some good memes. As a reminder, if you join the Discord, you can ask questions of the Oracle Dune bot and get answers to any question you could ask in the style of a Frank Herbert quotation from Dune. Mm. It's a big, it's a big upside if you join us. So a mm. lot of, a lot of things to offer. A lot of things to offer. Let's get in there. Join that Discord. All right. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah's Thank active. You for that plug. He's, he's been Thank lurking you for that for plug. <laughs> Oh, I'm lurking deep, deep. Yeah. You so see me, I'm deep. still lurking deeper. 
All right, let me take off the sweatshirt and we'll get into this movie. Oh my god, why do you have to get undressed halfway through every recording? It's so weird. I mean, we gonna start doing calisthenics. What was that about? Is that, is, it's just ridiculous. Don't take off anything more. We, we we're, we're good enough. All right, are you guys ready to get into this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Inside Man is a treacherous riddle to solve with innocent lives on the line. Keith Frazier is a detective second class, divorced, broke, and under suspicion by internal affairs for the 140000 that went missing from his latest drug bust. But his luck may have changed when he and his partner assigned command of a tense hostage situation playing out in a Manhattan bank. Orchestrated by a cool, intelligent, and confident ringleader, this heist features twist after twist where neither the robbers, hostages, or treasure up for grabs are what they seem. And powerful forces within the business and political class are bearing down on the situation with huge stakes riding on the outcome. When the dust finally settles, can Frazier separate truth from illusion and bring about the justice put in motion by the inside man. The inside man, Clive. Good job. Thank you. Nailed it. This is a hard As one. As always. This it is, is a hard one. It's a very complicated movie. I watched this one twice because this movie is like, it messes with your heads. You can't, you can't just sort of idly watch this one. That is definitely true. So Jeremiah, what is your history with inside man? I don't remember the first time I saw it. It was probably in a movie theater, but I've seen it several times, and I hadn't seen it for like 10 or 15 years. And then we started going through the Denzel movies to watch, and I watched it again by a couple weeks ago. It is phenomenal. Um, I feel like every time I watch it, I learn something new or I, I notice something yeah. new. It's a very mm-hmm. well-done movie. The reason mm-hmm. I was saying about I'm surprised it's a Spike Lee movie we talk about in the lead-in is it's a lot of subtle and a lot of nuance. And Spike doesn't normally do subtle and doesn't do nuance, but this is a very <laughs> right. soft, light movie in terms of how the character development and the plot development are, are done. It's a, it's a very, very well-done movie. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so just on that point about nuance, I mean, it's a movie that, like, substantively and significantly involves the New York Police Department. And, like, yet, you know, like, the like the hero of the movie, uh, sort of one of the heroes of the movie, is a New York police you know, is, is New York police. And like, that's like just interesting from Spike just to begin with, like in terms of where, of situating the movie in that, uh, uh, in that place. Uh, and then like, it deals with that stuff. I mean, like, you know, there's the scene with the other cop who like gets the gun pulled on that whole thing. Like there's a, there's a moment about that, but like there's, it's a very, it's a very interesting movie. Like, uh, to, I, I've realized I had seen this in some form, and never clocked it as having been a Spike Lee movie until we were watching it for the pod it, this week. It's also for for better or for worse, it's a movie that wouldn't get made today, mm-hmm. um, both right. because of the way the politics and the police light up, because right. of the the because of the, the 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 way the plot develops. It's a very it's a relatively slow plot. You know, you can't really put anything in a commercial the way the plot is set up, and no. then also just to have that many star actors, some of who play bit roles. It's just right. not a, it just wouldn't happen today. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it must be, it's almost like an impossible movie to market because like the only, the only way in which you would try to do it is like to convince people that it was heat 
that it was like a big like bank robber movie but like it's not like in like most there's of the movies no like what's going on yeah like what's going on with the pizza box or whatever like, there's, <laughs> just like not, there's just like there's no big like you know someone with a giant automatic weapon taking the streets of manhattan um so yeah it's really complicated really complicated movie interesting so so i had never seen this film i didn't know anything about this film and, and i'll just go ahead and jump in so i went to college uh university of florida in 88 oh geez we're going all the way back to 88 go back to 88 go, go back to gainesville we'll just but very quickly don't worry about go. it we're not going to get into it's it jason it's a bank robber movie set in manhattan let's go back to florida for some color so my dad, uh, as has pre previously been established, my dad uh, was at UNC actually before I was born. Um, so I grew up watching the Tar Heels. I grew up watching Michael Jordan in the 80s. Okay. So right. in the mid to late 80s, after Air Jordans took off, um, the huge sensation of the Spike Lee directed commercials with Spike and Jordan. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. He played a character called Mars Blackman. Yes, exactly. Mars Blackman. Yo, Mars Blackman here with my main man, Michael Jordan. Yo, Mike, what makes you the best player in the universe? Is it the vicious stunts? No, Mars. Is it the haircut? No, Mars. Is it the shoes? No, Mars. Is it the extra long shorts? No, Mars. Is the shoes it, right? Nah. Is it the short socks? No, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? It's gotta be the shoes. Right. And right. It, they were just incredible. And they were so freaking funny, black and white, just am amazingly shot. And then you have She's Gotta Have It, School Days, Do the Right Thing, Mo Better Blues, all of that just while I was in college. So as a film student at the University of Florida, I was all about Spike Lee. Uh, definitely okay. that, that was like, he was in my jam. And then I kind of lost touch in the 90s when I got into Fincher and, you know, like a, a, a bunch of other stuff. So it was nice to come back and, uh, uh, and and pick back up with Spike and see what he'd been up to. Okay, all right, good. Uh, I'm glad we went to glad we went to the swamp. Visited the swamp for that. <laughs> <laughs> briefly, briefly. Um, all right, so let's see. Let's just do some quick behind the scenes. Um, so this was written by a guy named Russell Gerwitz, who was a lawyer, uh, and he had an idea about a bank heist. Um, he spent five years developing it, and in the end, Brian Grazer purchased it for Ron Howard to direct. And when he dropped out, Brian Grazer hired Spike. So as you say, mm -hmm. like you don't normally think Ron Howard, Spike Lee, those are directly interchangeable. But Spike said that uh, Sidney LeMay's Dog Day Afternoon was one of his very favorite films. So he was excited that makes to get into it. That makes sense. Shot entirely in New York. Uh, the, 20 yep. ex the 20 Exchange Place was a former Wall Street bank that had become a cigar bar. Mm -hmm. So Jeremiah, your top three cigar bars in Manhattan... You were kind of, Jeremiah, you were kind of in New York at like peak cigar though. Like you were like, you were I maybe was, just slightly past peak, but like you were then, aware of it. You were aware of it. Like you must've been like, you, I've never you, been to a cigar bar in Manhattan. Wow. Wow. Were you even in New I York City remember. in the early 2000s? <laughs> no, wait, that's not true. I, that's not true. I've been to cigar bars, but I have not. There we I, go. I, I, you I, were I, a lawyer. You were like a no, big firm to, lawyer in the early 2000s. <laughs> My God, you were talking about like, check out the rapper on this Cohiba. Definitely at some point. <laughs> there's an oily finish on this one at some point for sure. You do cigars, Jason? I did, I'm sure I was in a cigar bar at some point. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I don't know I mean, for sure. I, 
Yeah, I just smoked a, a bunch of things like in, in this in this early period. See, I was catching myself because I didn't want to say it on the video. <laughs> no, no, no. We've covered we've covered my we've covered my issues previously. Uh huh. I never really got deep into cigars, um, but like I definitely went through like a cigar phase in the late '90s and like early 2000s because it was such like a culture. It was like it was it was one of those things. It was like swing dancing. You had to <laughs> you had to do it even if you didn't want to. Silly, don't get after us. Uh, yeah, so so um, I want to call out one other thing here, um, and that is the cinematography in this film, yeah, um, which is aggressive yeah. uh, th- through the whole thing. So it was shot by Matthew Libatique, um, who has done all of Aronofsky's films. Uh, there you go. Jason. That makes sense. Noah, when? Yeah. Please, we got to do Noah. That's definitely yeah, that's no, definitely like, freak it, beat, right? It's got to be. That definitely makes sense. That definitely makes sense that like Requiem for a Dream or something like that, like would it kind of has that that has that kinetic feel. But I think it works really well for a movie about New York because it like it makes New York feel like part of the movie. Like this is one. This is. I mean, Spike is an amazing filmmaker for New York City in particular. He really gets the city and how to put it on screen. And this is like, even though this, like, even though the plot and the nature of the movie is not what you necessarily would expect from a Spike Lee movie, the love of New York is totally, uh, is totally Spike Lee. So that makes sense. It's funny. I didn't even realize, I guess I didn't realize, I did I when you said that it had been entirely filmed in New York, yeah, it didn't even occur. The alternative didn't even occur to me, right? Because the movie felt so New York to me. Yes, yeah. totally. Especially the opening credits, but and it's such a particular New York too. Like it is financial district New York. Yeah. Like it is just like it is like it feels just like you know it feels so like of like that particular part of Manhattan. And I've spent a lot of time in that particular part of Manhattan. And it, yeah. it, it, you know, like I, you didn't have to yeah. tell me it was filmed out there because it was. Yeah. 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 You couldn't you couldn't do that in Vancouver and try to make it try to make it work because you couldn't get the energy. You couldn't get the visuals. It's very well done. God, I miss New York City. The accents. I miss New York City so much. Golly, let's go do a, let's record live show from New York City. All right. Listen, I could barely make it to this podcast by 45. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it to New York City. So. All right. <laughs> I just, I do want to just shout out uh, Libatique's uh, other credits. Iron Man, Straight Outta Compton, The Circle, which the book was great. I didn't see the movie. The movie. A Star is Born, Don't Worry Darling, which had incredible cinematography. And, the cinematography was really good in that. And Maestro, um, which okay. is, uh, should be Good for you, Libatique. Yeah, so he said that he used a Steadicam for all Clive Owen stuff, Russell, and handheld for Frasier uh, because he wanted to okay. convey control versus reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but also calling out that, like, for all the telephone conversations that they shot, they were all done simultaneously shooting both sides oh. on this, like, within the set, but separated um, so they could get all the real reactions happening, mm. uh, which is pretty killer. And yeah, it was a super 35 format with a two, three, five, one aspect ratio. So a nice widescreen, but I noticed like one choice I was trying to figure out for like a bunch of the movie, the top of people's heads were cut off. And I was trying to figure out like, what is he trying to convey there by like just showing from the forehead up, uh, forehead down. It was too big. That's too big to fit in the plan. (laughs) Big, big thinkers, big brains. Okay. All right. Budget, $45 million, $184 million worldwide gross. Wow. This is a huge movie. Wow. 
Good for him. They they did so they did figure out how to market it. But nobody like talks about this movie or yeah, it doesn't have like that. for that big of a success, especially for Spike. Even it doesn't have like the the kind of cultural cachet you would think. I'm sure it was marketed with a bunch of names, and that's it. Because you can't yeah. really market the movie a bunch of names and then bank robbery. Because like, what else can you say about? It? Yeah, not much. Yeah. Well, the competition at the box office: failure to launch, V for Vendetta, Brokeback mm. Mountain, and Narnia. It was kind of a kind of a crowded time. Mm. Kind of crowded time. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into this film. So we open up with Dalton's mm-hmm. monologue. My name is Dalton Russell. Pay strict attention to what I say because I choose my words carefully and I never repeat myself. I've told you my name. That's the who. The where could most readily be described as a prison cell. But there's a vast difference between being stuck in a tiny cell and being in prison. The what is easy. Recently I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect bank robbery. That's also the when. As for the why, beyond the obvious financial motivation, it's exceedingly simple. Because I can. Which leaves us only with the how. And therein, as the bard would tell us, lies the rub. Mm-hmm. This is intense from the beginning yeah. and extremely effective at putting you in the mind of uh, this prison cell where he says, you know, um, you know, it's kind of different where you're spending your time or whatever, the, whatever the line is, but um, it's so intense. I don't know. It's just, it's very striking. Yeah. It feels one. Well, and also like sort of puts you on notice that you're going to have to pay a lot of attention, you know, like that. You're like, you're like, okay, like, like this, he's telling me that like, there's a complicated story coming up here. And he's like, I don't know where the character is. So you're just like, kind of, you're, you're immediately like, you know, like, okay, like what's going on here. I'm, I know this movie's going to try to hoodwink me. Do you like that Jeremiah? When you like, when you're like, no, immediately you're going to have to be paying serious attention or else you're going to be lost. I liked it here. I don't often like it because it's often a false foreshadowing. Here, mm-hmm. you really do have to pay attention. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, you can't do, you know, it's not a two screen movie, which a lot of movies are now. Um, and so I liked it here. I thought it was an effective plot. It was an effective plot technique here. Me too. And his presence is incredible. Uh, you know, so Clive, at this point, coming off of uh, Children of Men and had done Closer. Um, which never seen it. Um, but so oh my God. I know just just on a tear, but as soon as he finishes that and we go straight into this credit song. Chaya Chaya, um, composed by A.R. Rachman. Um, I love this song. This song is incredible. Um, yeah. I, on my rewatch, it stood out to me. I was like, fuck yeah, like I'm ready to go. Like, it's so exciting. It's like, it's just, it's just like, it makes you feel, it feels like, you know, it feels like a New York City music video. You're just like, all right, like, let's go. Let's, let's, let's have like, let's go have like, you know, a day where we like walk 20 miles and like, you know, right. eat 17 cuisines from like all over the world. Like, let's stay up until 4 a.m. I'm ready. I'm ready to be youthful again. You would not make it to 4 a.m. No way, dude. No, I can't make it to 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah, 4 p.m. is too far. 
apparently one of Spike's um, uh, film students recommended the song. Uh, oh, good for him. Was that the Brooklyn Bridge going over there? Um, Where they are, I'm sure it is, because it's all the way down. down. I didn't even look, but it's, it's all the yeah. way down. down. Very, very cool. Uh, but immediately they go straight down to business, getting things set up at the bank. And obviously my notes say on the second time through, it's completely different because you are eyeballing every right. single person and you're like, what's going on? Who's in on this? What's the deal? And this notion of Dalton coming in and, and the shit immediately hits a fan. Yeah. So that, that got me hyped. Yep. What do you think about this? Um, immediately, Dalton, when he talks to the cop outside, putting the, the gun in his face, he does an Armenian accent. You fucking cops come near this door, I start killing people. I'm not fucking kidding, man. Oh, I was wondering that. I noticed that he did an accent, though. I noticed he did an accent the second time I watched through. That's interesting. Okay. I caught the accent, but I wouldn't. I don't know about the Armenian thing. Was to me. I was like, he did. I'm like, that wasn't yeah. his voice the rest of the time. I didn't know what. The no, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. On the sec again, on the second time through, I was like, okay, cool. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we go straight from there to Detective Keith Frazier, and this is Denzel. So Denzel did 137 episodes of Saint Elsewhere mm. on television. It's great. Glory, Mo Better Blues, Malcolm X, Much Ado About Nothing which is one of my favorite uh, Shakespeare films. Mm. Um, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, Remember the Titans, Book of Eli, Yeah, which seems like that should be in our wheelhouse. Book of Eli is underrated, underappreciated. A very interesting movie. An interesting post-apocalyptic science fiction movie. You like it, Jeremiah? What do you think? I've never seen Book of Eli. That's not, that's not for Jeremiah. That's, that's <laughs> Jeremiah, for... Jeremiah, what is in your wheelhouse? Like, what's your... Not science fiction. Okay. Oh, I don't do sci-fi. I, okay. yeah. I don't do sci-fi. Yeah. It's just a podcast for you. Perfect. Uh, so what do we think about what do we think about him here and, and his performance? Like, he looks incredible. Great hat. Great. Great hat in this movie. And the shaved that's head. That's one of the things I had on my list to say, great hat. Yeah, get into he does, it. Doesn't he looks cool, man? He looks so fucking cool with that hat. It's just a great look. Mm. Whoever thought of that was smart. He played a very smart cut. It kind of makes him seem sort of southern. Like the hat, like sort of like the hat, like in the outfit, kind of almost reads as like, like you know, like a like a Tom Wolf, like like sort of like you know, like a mm. like a like a southern gentleman, like kind of like you know, like a, almost like a. Um, you know, like a glass onion, once in a while, knives out, like character. You know, it's like a great mm. detective coming. I was like, let me see about this situation. You know what? <laughs> like you know what I thought of? I thought of Pelican Brief because I think he wears a hat like that in Pelican. Yeah, Brief. there you go. Wow. See, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 amazing. Yeah, he's and he's just he's just cool. He's just really cool. And it's just a lot of great lines. Like he's just very smooth. Like all of his delivery is great. He's talking to his girlfriend yeah. on the phone. He's talking, you know, to the to the captain. Um, but immediately they're assigned the red ball of, of dealing with this bank situation. So it's him and Detective Bill Mitchell, played by Chuadal Ijefor, um from Love him. 12 Years a Slave, Children of Men, and Serenity. 
and Serenity. The Joss Whedon Ap Apologia tour continues. Serenity. <laughs> when will we cover it? A great movie. Wow. It is a good movie. Uh, yeah. I like it. Um, so, but I do love his reaction. This is it, baby. The show. Yeah. You got the call, man. God damn. Guess I should be happy. I might get to put off IAB. Here's all you need to know. You walk in unarmed. Head bad guy puts a gun to your head, makes you get on your knees. You look around, there are five armed men pointing Uzis at you. Just picture them in their underwear. How about orange jumpsuits and shackles? Here you go, Keith. You can do this, man. Look out, bad guys. Here I come. Just... Yeah. It's great dialogue. It's really good dialogue. He's fun. Mm. Uh, and their police captain is... From the, the wire. judge yeah. from the wire. Yeah. Love seeing him again. He's great. Anytime you need someone involved in like the criminal justice system, call that bro. He can play any part. Judge, prosecutor, captain. Cop, doesn't matter. Just put him in. Jer He's ready. Jeremiah, how are you? The wire. We talked about it last time he was on. Did we? We I talked forgot. about the wire last time. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's not my jam. It's not, my it's, not, it's not for Jeremiah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You have a very, I'm going to need like a set of cue cards that I could have uh, to, to keep track of, of what your jam is. This is not the place for my hot takes on the wire. I'm going to let that go. Let <laughs> okay. That go. I need more time. We did, we did it. We did it last time. We did I it last know, time. It was more, too. It was we more yeah. on point last time. All right, everybody yeah. fire up fire up the, the last episode yeah. and, and check it out. All right, so let's get into Arthur Case then uh, at the bank. So Jason, Christopher Plummer, Sound of Music. Obviously, he did nothing else from Sound of Music until Star Trek VI. Uh, and then <laughs> Those are the two bookets that people need to know. <laughs> Dolores Claiborne, which I still have never seen. Um, but his office, which apparently is the That's Alexander great. Hamilton U.S. Custom House. Oh, delightful. Ever been there? No, I, I love this. I, I, I really need to be like... Uh, you know, a uh, Nazi gold importer uh, in in lower Manhattan. It seems like an amazing life. I mean, it's worth the it's worth the cost of your soul if you get this office and are as well dressed as Christopher Plummer. It's got to be worth something for sure. Seems good. Uh, I will definitely. <laughs> seems good. I will definitely. Strong. I will definitely. I love his reaction to when the his assistant tells him it's a bank, and he's it's like, a, "Which branch?" Like he like it's this like it's this little moment. He where says he's it like, again. Fudge. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. He played the cold <laughs> freak out without really freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're freaked out, buddy. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it's great. It this movie, among other things is like a really fun portrait of like New York shadow power, like of just like the people in New York who actually just run the fucking world and like no one really knows who they are except the people who are in that in that scene. Mm -hmm. it, it was a great portrayal of that, too. There are a couple of scenes in the a little more into the movie with Jodie Foster that are exactly that. Yeah. Where you have people walking up to the mayor be like, you have to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you get a this person? Yeah, where yeah. how do you come off doing this? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like I mean, and it's like a it's like a fun detail that like one of the one of the bookend jokes about New York in this when Jodie Foster is introduced is that she's trying to get someone to a co-op building. Like it's like, <laughs> like the getting into a co-op building is like one of like the things that you need, like the 
biggest fixer in the world yeah. To, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to figure out for you. It's just great. It's a great movie. Mm. Great movie. Great movie about New York. More New York movies I need in my life. She had to be on speed dial for Michael Clayton, right? Like he's calling her all the yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It's in that same, it's in that same universe. Mm. Um, this is, the, that's the only thing this movie needed that it didn't have is an underground poker club. Um, <laughs> is like some is like some scene in an underground poker, like some yeah, scene underground barbershop. The that's true. Movie. That's true. That's true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, that's true. That's wild. That's just <laughs> wild. Can you imagine as the a, status you're at in life when you reach the underground barbershop? Oh my god. As as a somewhat aside, but not really an aside, New York today is a lot more like that than it was 10 years ago. Really? Everywhere you go in New York, it's all these, it's all private clubs. Nobody wants to go to anywhere yeah. public. It's becoming yeah. like this sort of, you have to know someone to go anywhere place again, which is both yeah. cool and also totally not egalitarian and not as fun. Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. I do like a private barbershop though. <laughs> I think that's great. Like show me past the hot dog stand so I can get my buzz in a beer trip. My God, let's go. <laughs> Oh man, good luck, good luck, uh, American society. Um, so, so I love how Fraser comes in and he is immediately in charge. And the first person that he has to talk to is Captain Darius. So I had completely forgotten or not known that Willem Dafoe was in this film. Oh yeah, Streets of Fire. Um, hello, Corey. We're doing it. Um, to live and die in L.A. We just did it. Platoon. Last Temptation of Christ, White Sands, Spider-Man, the, the Lighthouse, Life Aquatic, Florida Project, Aquaman, The Northman, and Poor Things. He's, he's so much, this is our first Willem Dafoe movie since Aquaman, and he's so much better used in this movie. Although, it's, they didn't really need Willem Dafoe for this part. Like, they kind of, they kind of overloaded the gun um, to, like, to bring out Willem Dafoe for this like kind he's like what like fifth build in this but movie he is, after clive christopher denzel jody like i mean like he's like literally fifth build in this movie it's 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 kind of wild that they put him in for this but he's so he's so great so denzel walks in and and he immediately just says the way this works mr frazier is i deal with mr grossman so if you need anything you can speak with him okay oh no it's not okay captain yeah Detective Grossman is away on vacation, so Detective Frazier is the big dick today, all right? Now, if you need anything, you can speak to me, all right? Yeah. Guess it'll have to be. That's the way it's going to be. <laughs> I like some I like some cops fucking with each other. That's good. That's great. There are a couple yeah. of good scenes around that, which are funny. Yeah. Really, really great. Uh, so we get all the, the hostage processing here. So this is where you have a sense that something very you know, something very odd is happening, right? Where they're taking the cell phones, they're having people stripped down. Um, my next big note. I like the way they do the, the stripped down scene is like one of the first, like kind of, there's something about that scene that like tickles something in my head where I'm just like something weird's happening in this movie. We're like, they, cause like the way they shoot, it's very like not erotic. It's very like not. And it's like, but it's not, it's not funny. And it's also not threatening. It's just this like weird kind of like, we've gone into like a strange liminal space in the movie. Um, and it, it, for me, it's like, it tells you like, you need to be paying attention because like, why are they doing this? What does this mean? It's it's something strange. So what what do we think about uh, you know as they're collecting everybody's uh, cell phones? What do we think about the bank manager's uh, ringtone? Well, the bank manager, the bank manager, 
is lucky to have survived this whole thing. The bank manager should have got. Should have got got. Yeah, it should have got got. This guy, this guy is a schmo. Okay, I fucked up. That was not. It was played well, but he's an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> but the Play great full idiot. When he's like in deep shit, uh, because he's kind of crossed uh, Russell, but Russell goes into the office and he does this kind of like kabuki show yeah. of psyching yeah, yeah, himself yeah. up and then psyching himself up to beat the shit out of this guy. Yeah. It, that is a, that was a, a wild move. I, I really like that. Um, and obviously, yeah, you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Why are they putting everybody in the jumpsuits and they're all putting on the same outfit? Mm-hmm. Um, but we go from that to this guy having the, a heart attack, one of the hostages. Yeah. And so this notion of pushing him outside and we see how the cops absolutely do not trust anyone in this process. Everyone is a target. Like that's the first message here. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone could get it. Guilty till proven innocent, basically. Mm-hmm. We also have our first shot of Dalton sizing up the storage room, and he just says "beautiful" as he looks at it. And obviously, we're like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck is going on?" Like, right? They're going to go through the wall. There's a bank vault on the other side. This is like thief or something else. We just have no idea what's happening. It's such a confusing setup. This whole first, this whole first act where they're sort of doing all the stuff in the bank, like when you don't know what's going on, it's impossible to make sense of what it, what's on. And even on my second, even on my second watch, I was like putting it together like you know roughly i wanted subtitles even though the movie was in english yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what are you doing direction. over there what's going on in the back show me what's going on with that room yeah exactly yeah. uh so now we have our first big shift uh and this is where we have our first interrogation scene and so right. this is instantly right. very jarring in a great way right. um it's very clearly a flash forward so Jeremiah, obviously they're using Kodak Ektachrome 100D 5285 oh. reversal film, Technicolor yeah, that cross-processed weird. the film footage before it was put through a bleach bypass, which neutralized the color temperature and created more contrast. Yeah, it is very chunky. Like the way, like the way it, the, it reads as super grimy. Um, Did you get that, in, Jeremiah? Did you see that? I didn't. I didn't know all those details myself. I don't know any of that, but I'm trying to figure out what grimy means. It's, it's just very. Project. It was very kind of grainy and and gritty, and grainy. then the color. Yeah. Uh, the, it just looked oh. very different from from what the like when they cut to the interrogation stuff. All of a sudden, it's got this like it looks like almost. They, yeah, they made it look like twi- like it was filmed twenty years earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like CCTV footage or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, like it all okay. of a sudden gets like super chunky. I didn't get all um, that. What kind of film they use? Though that would my, <laughs> my film particularities are not as high as yours. No, no, I'm just messing with you. But uh, that, yeah, I know you are. I love, but I, I, I loved how that looked and just the technique of cutting back and forth. Then, so you like immediately, you know, oh, okay, so they're getting out of there. But like, right? Why are they talking to them? What does this mean? What's going to happen? Yeah, it does somewhat lower the stakes because you know every. Everyone doesn't die. And like, you know, sort of the ways in which they're interviewing those folks that like it can't be a bloodbath to some degree. Mm. But it still makes it very tense. Yeah. Also, it's fucking hilarious Uh, when they're interviewing people like they're interviewing the old woman. Anything else you want to share with us? No. You sure? Yeah. could you give us the names of the bank robbers? Maybe? Oh, 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 <laughs> I'm just messing with you, sweetheart. You okay? All right, my dear. Okay. I can go. No. Oh, no. no, you gotta stay. You gotta stay. No, you do <laughs> Don't stay. No. 
Did you rub the bank? <laughs> you did, did. You rub, did you rub the bank? No. You sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, they're very jokey. It feels like a lot of the stuff that they end up doing that Denzel Chowatel Ajavur do with the interviewers, like the interviews, like almost feels improv-y. You know, like they feel like it because it feels like they're so it's so playful with them mm. um, that like a lot of it feels like they they at least there was a lot of takes. Hmm. Also, little details like they're talking to the guy about his hearing aids and they've got right, you know, red and not red. And so for right and left and he's like right and left, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like trying to throw people off and see what they can do. So are they good at like interviewing these people and telling when people are lying or not, because it feels to me like to some extent they weren't able to figure out from these discussions what was happening, right? They were not. They don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> they asked a lot of and questions. we don't either. They got a lot of answers and they did not get it right. Yeah. I think that's right. I mean, he does say at the end that, that, that there were too many cross-corroborating stories and too much questions for them to get uh, a definitive answer. But um, So we go from there to Madeline White. And so, yeah, Jodie Foster is incredible. And all the little details, like when she asked her assistant, was it actually him uh, calling? Was it Case on the phone or was it his assistant? And then when she meets him, he says, I'll pick you up in five minutes. Um, and they're walking down by the water. Where was that, Jeremiah? Do you know where that was? Was that down I Battery Park? I didn't close enough attention. It was either Battery... I'm pretty sure it's Battery Park. Yeah, Battery Park, almost surely. Mm. So she says... Well, you say that there are family heirlooms inside your safety deposit box. That's fine. But in my experience, people like you have people working for them that handle these kinds of things. And when they can't, well, they don't call me. Their people call me. So immediately I know... That there's something in that box that you don't even want your closest aides to know about. So this whole notion of how fixers work and and the intermediary layers and and how that stuff works is is super interesting. I'm trying to think. Do you know anyone that's like this? Have you ever met a real fixer like this? I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like what the closest to this I've seen. Uh, I can't. I can't think of anyone I've seen that's this good. <laughs> like I can't. Like I've said, like because like in both politics and like just like other contexts or whatever, there's certainly people that like are relied on to like do stuff for a principle. I've seen that, but like I don't know anyone who's this. I've never seen anyone who's this good who can just kind of do anything. I need to meet these people. I need to find one of these people. I don't think I've met anybody that I would call you call for something like this. <laughs> <laughs> like a fixer, like, you know, like if you got like, if like you, you like a billionaire, like has like a thing where they're in like some like. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is like a different level from like a bad PR story. <laughs> Jer- I'll tell you, I'll tell you now, I'll put it on the record here just so that it exists for posterity. Jeremiah and I have a deal where if I ever get abducted in a foreign country and it's like some, some shit that's not right. Jeremiah is sending the guys who will like put me in the, in the cello case and get me out of the country on the, on the down low. Like Jeremiah is my fixer. If I get, if I get taken in a foreign country and it's like on some like, you know, like bullshit embezzlement charge, Jeremiah is sending the guys in the, with the music cases to, to get me across the border. Those guys are current. Are those guys, I believe are still guests of the people of Japan right now. So until they get out, <laughs> so you're not calling me I, i'm not going to be like uh negotiating no, some deals you'll, you'll make content out of it you you okay. won't you, you, okay. you, you you'll like you'll be like jason's escape from dubai <laughs> the big ones season one 
<laughs> it's like, I don't need that. I don't need content. Okay. I need to get out of Dubai. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair enough. Oh my God. Yeah. There's no champagne room. I'm a janitor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. Yeah. So just her whole thing. She, she is incredible in this. Jodie Foster is so effing cool um, yes. in this movie. Her going straight in and talking to the mayor, as you described. But the thing that I noticed while she's talking to the mayor, the camera does this long shot where it spins around them in one yeah, continuous yeah. take. It's so aggressive. Yeah, 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 and the mayor is like clearly sort of a Bloomberg stand-in. It feels like, oh, yeah, at, in this era, because it's like he's like in the big bullpen or whatever. It's got that. It's that. It's that era of of New York mayors. Mm. Maybe the last good New York mayor. I don't, I don't know. Is that true? I mean, like, don't it, is that is that accurate at this point? Like, like where since was Ghostbusters? You, like, was like is that the high point? Is that the <laughs> Yes, you said there have been some lows recently. There have been some lows recently. We don't want to get into absolute, but it's not been up to the right. I can tell you that. My gosh. For I mean, like, look, like San Francisco's no prize, but our mayor doesn't really have any power. Like New York, like, cannot pick a mayor to save its life. It is like a it's like oh for life in picking mayors. Like it's a real situation they got over there. They need to look into it. Best of luck. mayor selection. Try harder, New York. This notion now where the hostages are mixing and like yeah. taking on the, the, the robbers are taking off their gear and they're getting in and they're impersonating or trying to pretend to be hostages. This is where, you know, like shit is really much more complicated than you expected. Right. Yes. They're making. Yeah. In now a great way. Now, now you're this is like I mean, like the movie is like essentially doing a shell game with you where they're like, you know, like follow the ball. Right. It's a great visual plot device because and maybe I'm just too slow. and I missed all this. I had forgotten who the robbers were. Mm -hmm. So then they all mix in together. So I didn't know who the only person right. I knew this whole thing was who Clive Owen was. The rest yeah, of them, right. I don't know who they were. Well, also in having the two large chested women um, in the mix of it and having that be a complicated thing. Uh, and then and then the dudes, uh, the dudes that are that are in there as well. Yeah, it's definitely confusing. But there's also like these great moments like, uh, you know, the, the robber says to the one woman, come on, boobs, boobs. You heard me move that fat ass. Fat ass. Are you kidding me? Like. There's a lot of yeah. great humor in this film um, as yeah. well that really makes it operate uh, really well. It is a funny movie. So we get down to Dalton and the kid. So one of the hostages has a young kid um, and he's sitting in the vault. And I love they show them that Dalton just sits on a pile of money. And this is kind of establishing that he doesn't really give a shit about the money. It really doesn't matter um, mm -hmm. for what they're doing. Um but this violent video game that the kid is playing, Gangsta's, is genocide. So, is that your next game, Jason? After you finish Baldur's Gate, like, what's your? I'm just playing Baldur's Gate again. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm I'm, st I'm stuck on Baldur's Gate. I do like that they made up a video game for this. That that seemed clever. Mm. Apparently, Spike like told those guys he wanted uh, to either see a ghetto environment, either a robbery at an ATM, or a drive-by shooting. Um, and I think the, the <laughs> grenade in the, in the mouth was, uh, was going over the top. Uh, so, and they seem happy. Spike should make a video game. Why can't, can we get Spike to like make, let's give Spike the Baldur's Gate engine and have him make like a role-playing game with a bunch of characters in whatever setting he chooses. I would like to see that. I would love to see more directors try to do a video game. Hmm. Um, or at least like offer some story, offer some story points. That's a wild idea. Jeremiah, what are you playing right now? What's your favorite video game? I don't play the games. 
say it's not that's not gonna be it's not gonna be him. I go to live sporting events. I watch sports. I don't play video games. All right. What's your latest uh, live sports game that you saw? I went to the Niners at Vikings on Monday. Oh, wow. Oh, did you? Wow. Wow. How'd it go? I way to lose a game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tough one. Tough one. Uh, so now we have box 392. So this is kind of the heart of the film. Um, and we have him taking out the envelope and we can see the little Nazi symbol um, on the envelope. Um, he leaves. Not the- good. Not what you want. You never want to open. You never want to open your safety deposit box and pull out the SS Eagle. <laughs> so he does. That was the son of the box of rocks, by the way. That was. Yeah. 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 This movie is soft. He opened that thing up and it looked like it was a, like a like it was specially given to him from Hitler. I tell you for sure. I like, I don't remember. This is how my memory works. Like I didn't really remember any of the plot points when I was rewatching this for the pot. I barely remembered who was in the movie or what it was about. But as soon as I knew there was a safety, I was like, Oh, it's Nazi shit for sure. In there. Like I had no doubt what was in the box. I knew it was in the box for sure. Mm. There's only one thing a guy that old is worried about coming out of the box. and some Nazi shit. That is the only answer. Mm. Mm. Uh, I I love it. Uh, I was definitely into it. And I think the thing that through this entire film that really makes this work uh, so brilliantly is the score by Terrence Blanchard. So let me just play mm-hmm. just for a second here. Oh, yeah. Very old school. It's got kind of like this old school vibey stuff. And mm-hmm. then also has this kind of like... It's kind of like fun, funky. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, th- that's like a real like kind of cops on the totally. cops looking for shit. That's like a, like a L.A. noir almost. Like you know, yeah, yeah. So shout out to him. Uh, Blanchard has worked on he's Spike's guy on almost all this stuff. Also did One Night in Miami for Regina King, Boys mm-hmm. in the Hood. Oh, Jeremiah mm-hmm. doesn't know. That one didn't do it right. They that could have been a phenomenal movie. They didn't get that right. Damn. Okay. How about Woman King? I haven't seen Woman King. Okay. That's the other one. That's the other one he did. And it's supposed to be quite good. Uh, so Terrence Blanchard, definitely holding it down. I, I really, really enjoyed um, the score. Uh, we get to now the mayor introducing Madeline to, to Frazier and saying that like these issues are above his pay grade. And he's like, great. You right. can just raise my pay grade. Just raise my pay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. But the fact that she already knows about the IAB case and the 140,000 missing, like I love, she's yeah. so well informed. She's so in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On top of her game. Um, so once now we have Dalton and Frazier together on the call, we've had this whole thing with the Albanian recording deception. I love both the street work guy um, who like brings yeah. in his ex-wife uh, to come and do the translation. This is just a great, like, it's New York detail, because it's like, oh, someone's got to fucking know what language this is. Just play it on the speaker, and someone's going to be like, it's Albanian. Like, it's <laughs> it's great. Like, I love that. That's great. Yeah, he's like, and so let's just talk about this for one second, because I think the racism in this film is kind of important, um, and a lot of it comes from Fraser. Um, so in that moment, he says, put on the speakers. One of the one of the um, hot dog stand guys will know what it is. Um, or when the Sikh bank worker 
um, is complaining about the fact that he's targeted every time he goes through with random screenings. Right. Frazier says, well, I bet you don't have any problems getting a taxi. Fun fact, that is a, that was 100% true in New York at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say more. Was this like a, a, this was like an issue where it was hard? Oh, black people couldn't get taxis in New York for years. That's why, that's, that's why black people were so happy about Uber. Like it was, getting a taxi as a black man in New York City, they did 100 studies on it. They all said they wouldn't stop for you. And I can tell you, they're right. Uh, okay. I couldn't okay. get a taxi in New York when I lived there. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Very good. This is my white privilege, not understanding uh, the reference. That's what he was referring to. Okay. <laughs> okay. That makes a lot more sense. But then we also have this running thing with the with the cop and and the sensitivity there. So I guess Denzel in that case is is kind of pushing back against his casual racism. But I just I'm just kind of curious why you think Spike made that such a a key part of this. The thing with the cop, the other, the cop, the guy, the kid pulling the gun. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. The cop and the Sikh and, and, and a couple of these pieces. I mean, like, look, it's a Spike Lee movie. There's going to be commentary on like, and particularly like the, the aspect of New York being like a, a racial ethnic mixing, you know, mixing pot and like of, of all the different people that you run into there, all the different perspectives. I think that's like, obviously a place he's comfortable making movies and, and has stuff he wants to say. Mm. Um, so that, that to me was like the part it was like, yeah, this, this makes sense that this is in here. It's so funny. I didn't even like make a note about that because it was so expected to me when I did this in the Spike Lee movie that he wasn't going to let me right. about that making social commentary. And the social commentary that he's making about New York is, I think at the time was generally widely accepted. Like this isn't even like controversial social commentary. Right. Right. Uh, fair enough. I just, I, to, to, to what we were saying earlier, like it felt like this was different than a typical spike. Like I would expect, obviously, social commentary to be to be part of what he normally does. It's just this film felt like it was slightly different. Um, he did it a little bit differently. It's a little bit softer, but Spike moved up in the same place he normally does. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, he's going to name he's going to name these phenomena like he's going to name these like contemporary like what does it mean to live in like a cosmopolitan society and co contemporary society and like he's he's just going to like underline it um, a bit hmm. uh, because those are like those are the themes that are of interest to him. And also it's like it is an aspect of it's it's for New York and for that set and setting. It's totally accurate. It's also like a post 9-11 movie in which like, you know the nature of racial identity and the nature of like sort of like what does it mean to be like a new yorker and like the you know the post 9 11 time frame was all like a very open topic and like something that he would have wanted to be heard on hmm. yeah just a couple of years after that right yeah yeah well so so picking back up with dalton and fraser so i love this uh they figured out that it was an albanian recording of the president is this the president of albania speaking Pretty funny. You shouldn't eavesdrop on people. Well, you better get used to it, pal. It's not going to be much privacy where you're going. You're damn right. This time next week, I'll be sucking down pina coladas in a hot tub with six girls named Amber and Tiffany. More like taking a shower with two guys named Jamal and Jesus, if you know what I mean. And here's the bad news. That thing you're sucking on, it's not a pina colada. <laughs> Ain't a pina colada. Yeah, he really puts the mustard on pina colada in that line reading. Big time, like, right? He really, like, he really, he, I, I was wondering, I wonder if that was, like, his first choice. <laughs> he really enjoyed saying pina colada. You think that was a seventh take? Line. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's good, but, like, it, it feels like it's a bonding moment for the two of them, mm. where they're just like, yeah, like, we could do jokes together about being, you know, about being in prison. That's great. 
Yeah. Well, I also love the line. He says, all right, here's where things stand. I don't need your fucking status report, Serpico. I tell you where things stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Really great. great. Really great. Clive killing it uh, in the game. We also have this you, th- this weird moment of the, the riddle. You know, how many trees get cut down? The weight of the trees cut down for currency. This is good. The riddle is great. I, the, the trees thing is whatever. But like the, the Grand Central Station one is 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 amazing because it's just such a stupid new york trivia thing Mm -hmm. and they get like so excited about it and like then there's the whole thing what about lar like there's this whole like like, they get like very specific about transit trivia which i love i absolutely love that Mm. it was a comedic flourish right before you got to the good part is how i would characterize yeah yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and I thought it was great, like this nice moment of them, arg- the cops arguing after it was over um, and getting into it. And then you also have the moment where the one guy says, I know what he meant. What he said uh, is one thing, but what he meant is another. Right. And uh, and Darius says, that's always the problem. So that's like really cool because that's, you know, underlining what's happening mm-hmm. in the story. Um, right. So that's effective. Jason, did you recognize the uh, the cop? Uh, the young black cop that was that was doing that translation. Who is it? It's Tell the me. it's the pilot from from Galaxy Quest. Oh, oh the the young kid, the yeah. kid who grows up. Yeah. No, good. Yeah, I was nice. staring at him, and I was trying to figure out the guy. The guy didn't scrapes. pick that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a movie. Really good. Um, Madeline goes in. She shows up. She gets to go in. Uh, we have this whole you know the classic Jaws shot when Russell reveals. Um, that case helped the Nazis. Uh, I thought that was a really fun, a really fun shot. Um, but she's taking no guff from Fraser. Um, and she assesses that Russell isn't a murderer. So I thought that was a kind of a cool, kind of a cool detail there. Mm-hmm. Him going in, them having the showdown, uh, and talking about Fraser's girlfriend, uh, this nice intimate moment of the two of them talking and about how, if you, you know, if you're in love, money doesn't matter. It's a, 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 we all we all can use wisdom from Clive. I would read his I would read uh, his his book of sayings. <laughs> we don't get there in closer, right? You don't get any good marriage advice in in that movie. No, that's not a movie. That's not a movie you go to for advice or comfort. It's a movie you go to when your life's falling apart and you need <laughs> you need to you need to know that everyone else has been in the same place. Yeah. Frazier tackles him, and then uh, I was totally shocked by that, uh, and and I like the kind yeah. of the, the intensity in that moment. But then Dalton's response of killing the hostage. Yes, this shot outside of Denzel where he's kind of floating. This is the Malcolm X Dolly shot. He like they he brings it back. Never seen it. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same shot that where he like where he goes down the street. Uh, and Malcolm X, it was like an internal homage that Spike that Spike Lee did to himself <laughs> of of having done this with Denzel before. Mm. Um, but it looks really cool. He likes that shot, by the way. Yeah, he likes that shot. Yeah, it's beautiful. Is, is it in? Is it in? Do the right thing. Was it or was it before? I think is it's it in before? all Spike movies. I could be wrong because I'm pretty sure it's in the. Um, I'm pretty sure he has a version of that shot. And he got Gabe too. He likes that shot. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he likes the he likes the actor on the dolly with the camera. Um, it looks cool. Mm. It feels like the world's falling apart. Like you're just like, all right, what's going on? The shot in Malcolm X is amazing because it's like, yeah, he's like, he's like floating through like this, like, you know, he's, it's like right when he's like floating through the street and he's like, you know, he's going through the tough times. And then the the old woman stops and is like, oh, you know, everything's going to be okay. Jesus loves you. And like, it's that, that whole thing. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. We should do that. It. We should do that movie. I've never seen it. Mm, that's good. What, Malcolm X? Yeah. That's a long one. <laughs> I, I, I like the movie, but it's a very long movie. It's a very hard. You need to do like an extended, maybe double podcast for that one. Mm. Yeah, it's a long one. Well, shout out. 70 Millimeter did a fantastic episode uh, on that. It's definitely- maybe timely. Maybe timely for now. Maybe, you know, a timely movie about, mm. uh, you know. Uh, religious relations in America. Mm. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll solve it. Mm. Probably <laughs> uh, seems seems likely. Uh, so so he's taken off the case by the captain. Darius gets the ball. Um, his guys are going to take over and they're going to go in hard. Um, I love this notion of him saying, um, you know, he's going to get his. He, uh, you know, Frazier says he's going to make first detective uh, and he's going to get his mind. Like, I was kind of surprised uh, at, at that was happening and definitely trying to figure out through this whole thing. I was like, is he going to turn out to be in on it? Is he the inside man? Right. Like, what's right? That seemed like. Yeah, that is one of the that is one of the mysteries. One of the questions like, who is the inside man? Mm-hmm. Like, as you know, the movie tells you there is one. Stalton, yeah? No, I know, but you don't know. You don't know what it means at the beginning. Yes. yes. <laughs> inside man is in fact Dalton. He's <laughs> literally worked, inside. He's literally solved inside. it. Yeah, exactly. It's like a total double entendre too, because it's like who's inside, who's on the inside yeah, of the yeah, robbery. Yeah. And there's right. also who's inside that little, what was that, a storage closet room. room. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they send out the hostages. Um, you know, they 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 fire the beanbags right at people. They shoot people in the face, and you know, like like right at it. Um, but then they discover that there's toy AK forty sevens. There's a fake execution. They can't figure out what the deal is. Uh, they can't find Dalton. They can't see the three fifty seven. When the captain tells them to bury the case, do you think that came down from the mayor and from? And from Madeline, I, I just think I, I just love this idea of they get the hostages out. They like ostensibly stop the crime, but like they don't know what, what happened. They can't explain what happened. Yeah. Like it's just it's like what the fuck happened here. Um, and this idea, it's just such like a cool. It's such a cool crime concept of like all the pieces should be here. We should have been able to like say like, you know, we stopped the crime, but like we can't say who did it or how it happened. So I, I don't know who, like where the word came down from, but it makes a total sense that they would just look at this and be like, this just has to go away. We can't, we can't like, this is impossible. I mean, just imagine this, like the, the media environment, if, you, if there's an unsolved case, it's a right. big bank robbery. We don't, and, and right. what, is the, what is the PR people going to say? We don't know anything about anything. Right. We got all right. the suspects, but we have too many of them. We can't figure it out. Imagine being in charge of holding like the press conferences for this. Like you're Day like the 17. spokesman for the yeah for the NYPD is like uh, well we've talked to everyone. We're re-interviewing all of the uh, all of the hostages over there, and we uh, expect to. Right, like you start a press conference with the list of things you want the audience to take away. What do you <laughs> right. want people to take away on this? We don't know who did it. We did a good job. No one else is. No other hostages are being held at this time. All the hostages are free. <laughs> the hostages are still free. Yeah. It seems tough. And nothing was taken, right? They don't think any one thing was taken, basically, Mm-mm. right? They're Mm-mm. like, you know, it's fine. It's weird. It's weird. So so they are continuing to dig in, though. They refuse to let go. They discover that Box 392 is not on the bank manifest, so they go to the judge. They get the warrant. Um, they Madeline warns him to let it go, and this is where he plays the recording of the mayor blackmailing him. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, I, it's just like that he is, he's got it going on, but, um, we have Madeline and case, 
um, you know, her kind of closing things out with him. And that's kind mm-hmm. of amazing. She knows that it's diamonds um, that were in there in addition to the Nazi papers. Um, and he says, And then there's the ring. Kachi ring. It belonged to the wife of a Parisian banker, wealthy family of French Jews. And when the war came along, the ring and everything else they owned was confiscated and they were shipped off to concentration camps and unsurvived. We were friends. I could have helped them. But the Nazis paid mm-hmm. too well. The Nazis paid too well. That's a tough one. Uh, but her immediate response... Well, I'd love to tell you what a monster you are, but uh, I have to help Bin Laden's nephew buy a co-op on Park Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> yes! It's so great. It's so great. It's the best New York punchline. Like, as for it's the best New York punchline, especially because you see the line. scene at the beginning. Because, like, you see the scene at the beginning where she's meeting with the nephew, and like, they don't mention Bin Laden, obviously, but like, they say, she's like, Well, you haven't talked to him in a while. It's like, No, it's I've like, seen you know, my uncle in a long time. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him in a long time. It's complicated. You're like, Okay, no problem. And then, like, they come back. I mean, it's an amazing callback. Like, really brilliant writing. Really well that's done. A, that's an A plus. That's an A plus high, effort there. High five. High five on that one. Yeah, high sure. fives. High fives, whoever came up with that. Mm. So now we get the reference uh, or the, the, the answer that Dalton never left. Um, and so mm-hmm. we can see that behind him is the concrete wall that we saw in the opening, you know, monologue um, that he does and that he's just been built into that spot. The rabbi and the crew were out there. I was like, holy shit, oh my God. I was happy to see who was in the car. Yeah. I noticed when they were rounding people up, they did show the girl and both of the guys, um, them giving their names. They didn't show any of the other hostages, I think, or maybe one other hostage giving their name. Um, So they were kind of hinting who was in there. Um, Mm. But in the end, Frazier and Mitchell pass each other and Dalton bumps into him. Sorry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then he finds the note in 392 to follow the ring. So this is where mm-hmm. he goes, um, Fraser goes to meet Case. And this line, I just want to call it out. He, you know, he's saying, nothing's been stolen, nothing's happening, you know, but robbers did come into your bank. Then I, the Zeit, the vinegar zoot, the robbers disappear. Poof. <laughs> this, the eyes of eyes, I, I made a note of that. I underlined it. I did Google research. As far as I could tell, this is like some Dutch saying that like they put into the movie. Like it's not Yiddish for sure. Uh-huh. It seems like it's Yiddish, but it is it I is assumed not. it was Yiddish because he was like kind of not mocking it, but it was because of the, yes. the Nazi thing. Yeah. Mm-mm. This is like some weird thing. Like, I think it like it's some <laughs> Dutch, Danish, not Yiddish thing that they put in the like Ida Zyda Vinegar Zoo. Then I the Zyta the Vinegar Zoo. <laughs> I was like, excuse me. Ida Zyta Vinegar Zoo. Yeah. The delivery yeah. is incredible. Yeah, it's really strong. Wow. I did not know. That's interesting. I learned something today. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the end, he shows the ring. Um, he goes to the mayor, you know, calls out the mayor uh, and Madeline, and he's going it's great. He's going public. He looks great. Yeah. He feels he must feel amazing. He's got it all figured out. He's got his great hat on. They're laughing all oh the way down the God. sidewalk, having a having what a great, a great time. time for him. 
Yeah, and he gets home to the you know to the girlfriend. Her brother's passed out on the couch. Um, and right, he, the, the deadbeat brother-in-law. <laughs> and he finds the diamond um, in his jacket where Dalton placed yeah. it. So I love that that kind of shot there. And then you know him taking too long to take off his gun and. And we go to credits. It's just a great, so great. The fade to black with her kind of laying there on the bed. It's just an awesome yeah, shot. Beautiful. And there, there's a way. There's an aspect of this movie in some ways in which like Spike kind of like shoots it like a film noir. Mm. Like there's like aspects of it that's like sort of like just like a hard boiled detective story. Um, and then there's these other aspects. And not maybe the Ida Zida Vinica Zoo is like some you know <laughs> it's some it's some callback to that. But like. You know, then there's other aspects, which is like it's total Spike Lee movie. And then there's these other aspects where it's like it's like a Michael, you know, it's like a heist movie or whatever. So it's a really interesting amalgam of a bunch of different styles. And it basically it's one of those things that's like it couldn't it could not have worked. It could have just felt like a hash. Mm. Um, but like all of the parts like work on their own. So this is a high degree of difficulty to your point, Jason. It's high a degree high degree of difficulty. of difficulty movie to make the way he made it. Yeah. Because you can make a lot of bang, bang, blow up thing, bank robberies. And if something doesn't work, it's okay this is a lot of soft intricate things all mixed together it's a totally different shooting style it's very strange you don't see a lot of movies like it it's a phenomenally done movie yeah, mm. yeah. and then we get credits where chaya chaya is back it's so awesome and I, I always love credits where they show the actors with their names uh so that you i like see that too who everybody like is so yeah. so great uh yeah. to see that it feels appropriate for this movie yeah absolutely jeremiah who would tilda swinton play if you had to mm. recast one role More choices in this here than in boys to men <laughs> <laughs> or Boys of the Hood. Or Boys of Men. Hard to cast Tilda in either of those. You know, I would hate for her not to have the role, so I've got two possibilities. I've got two possibilities. So okay. Think outside the box of this. She would take the Jodie Foster role. Mm-hmm. But that was already done well. Right. The other one, which actually, for a little guest appearance, about probably three or four scenes at most, the mayor didn't add much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mayor didn't yeah, add yeah. much. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I think she could play. I think. I mean, obviously, Jodie Foster, like, kind of because she Tilda did play like the fixer in like Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton. Although she's like less competent in that. This is the good version of that. Mm. Um, I kind of thought she could play the Christopher Plummer character. Maybe like she could mm. play like sort of the person with the secret who has a thing in the box. Like I think she could play like sort of this power broker. That's a good um, one. The, they'd have to re. They, I don't know if the scene in the hidden bar the secret barbershop <laughs> makes as much sense but they'd have to work around that but i like it i'm gonna go with captain darius okay. captain darius yeah, fair like choice, fair choice. yeah we, we don't need that we don't need the willem in it yeah the, the defoe of it yeah jeremiah how are you with like legal movies like what's your favorite like we did michael clayton obviously uh like do you have a favorite we did devil's advocate as well pelican brief Y'all have not gotten close to my favorite legal movie yet. What do you What do you what's, got? What's your favorite legal movie? My favorite legal movie is The Firm. Oh, Tom. that's a good one. I've actually read Which that book set. too. So we watched that movie like right before classes started every year at Harvard. Wow. Where I went to law school because it's set it's set on the Charles and there's nothing like the like I'm not the biggest Boston fan. I don't like the cold, but there's like a two weekends of the year where the where the Charles River. And Cambridge and Boston are unbelievably beautiful, and they and they managed to film it all during those two weeks. 
Wow. Jeremiah, I was just back at the, at Harvard Law School. I don't need I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need anything that's happening. I, the place is cursed. As far as I can tell. The place might be cursed. I don't need anything that happens at Cambridge. But the visuals of that movie are awesome. It's pretty. It's pretty. That's a very well shot movie. My brother went to Harvard Law School. Well, I'm really? sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Reed. Reed went to Harvard Law School. Amazing. Uh, Jeremiah, what do you have to... Oh, yeah. What do you got to plug? What do you have to plug, buddy? I don't have anything to plug. I have a regular job. I don't have any, I don't have any <laughs> podcasts. I don't have any... I don't even have a Twitter handle anymore. You need a podcast, Jeremiah. It's time to get a podcast. Po- you're getting older. You're getting long in the tooth. It's time for you to get a podcast. <laughs> Listen, I'm available <laughs> to produce and edit at reasonable rates. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. It could happen. <laughs> reasonable rates. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah Gordon, my God, what a guest! What we got to have him back again. So so awesome. Did uh did bedtimes hold up? Did the kids stay in bed? Unclear, man. We'll see. We'll see what kind of situation I return home to. They all were in one bed together. Oh no! Uh, when I left, yeah, 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 it didn't work. What time do you leave tomorrow? Uh, no, I leave on Wednesday. I leave on oh, Wednesday. Okay, plenty so of time. One more. I got one more day at home. Okay, good. Do put in those good hours. Make yep. it, make, make it all up. I'm trying to. All right. Well, what do you say? Can we do some letters real quick? Let's do it. All right. Here is our first letter. The Truth Okay. Truth Sayer time for the inside man. And holy shit, what a cast. Here's three stories about the family histories of the principles of this movie. Two stories are false. One is true. It's time for the truth sayer. Number one, Denzel Washington was named after his father, who in turn was named after his father's dentist and best friend, Dr. Frederick Denzel. Story number two, Christopher Plummer comes from a very notable family. In fact, his great-grandfather, Sir John Abbott, was a prime minister of England. And number three, Jodie Foster was famously obsessed over by John Hinckley, who attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan to impress Jodie back in 1981. Hinckley and Jodie are, in fact, distant cousins. Whoa. Those are the three stories. Which one is true? The thing I know about the thing I know about Denzel is that his he was named after his father, but his father was Denzel. That's how he pronounced his name. Huh. Denzel. And so he called it was he like ended up being Denzel, like distinguish him from his dad. It was Denzel. So I don't know how that relates to the dentist. Situation. Was Denzel his but first I'm, name? Yeah. So I'm sus. I'm sus on number one. Okay, so I'm going to say it's out. not number one. I'm going to say it's number two, because I think the Hinkley distant cousins thing is too weird. I'm going to go. Uh, with, so I'm going to say it's the I'm it's the prime minister situation. I'm joining you. We're, we're all in together. Number two, all in. Shove all the chips in for two. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, which story about the families of the stars of The Inside Man is true? It wasn't number one. Denzel's name actually came from the doctor who delivered his father back in 1909 in Buckingham County, Virginia, Dr. Denzel. It wasn't number two. Christopher Plummer's great-grandfather, Sir John Abbott, was in fact the third prime minister of Canada. It was the Jodie Foster story. She and John Hinckley are ninth cousins once removed. Okay, I mean, come Families, on. am I right? <laughs> Here ends the truth sayer. Who isn't one, ninth cousins? One? I mean, ninth cousins. 23 of me has changed everything. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, amazing, Beria. I let. I mean, the psych out with Canadian prime ministers. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're going deep. I need to study. I need to study my Canadian prime minister Wikipedia before next week's episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Thank you so much. Uh, here is our next letter. Hello, bog pod. Hey, bog pod. Hello, bog pod. Hey, bog pod. Hello, bog pod. Hey, bog pod. Bog pod. This letter says, "Hello, friends. I have once again been torn away from my beloved recording setup." Alas, Denzel is a multi-talented man. He's been a football coach, a pilot, a member of the LAPD and FBI agent, a drug lord, a soldier, an inside man, haha, a king, an activist, an assassin, and a bodyguard at the same time, and many, many others. True. One would assume a man with so, so much range would know a thing or two about his roles. Which leads me to my poorly integrated question. If you had to trust an actor to fit one of the occupations they performed on screen for real, who would it be and what? Bonus points, if it's life or death, I would absolutely trust Denzel to fly a plane if I was on it. He just exudes I can fly a plane energy, you know? I would allow Benedict Cumberbatch to perform surgery on me. Or would I allow okay. um, Benedict Cumberbatch to perform surgery on me? No. Kisses and hopefully the premise makes sense, Ethan. I think I think I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. could be Iron Man for sure. Mm. I would let I would let Robert Downey Jr. defeat, um, to like get the Infinity Gauntlet. He seems like confident in his own abilities, um, to the extent to which the, like Tony Stark is. So I don't think it would be hard. And he he probably has like Tony Stark money at this point because he was in all the the Avengers movies. So seems like an easy one for him. I think Robert Downey Jr. would have been a better owner of Twitter. Like, I think he could have kept the valuation. Yes, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> better than worth- Robert Downey Jr., it's not too late. See if you can buy it. <laughs> um, I was going to say George Clooney uh, as a doctor. Like, I could see him as an ER doctor. He'd be passable. Oh, okay, okay. You let George Clooney check you out? I think so. Yeah, I mean, not for everything, but, you know, at least for a strep, right. strep throat or something. Like, he could, you know, talk to a nurse and figure out what was going on, so... Um, thank you, Ethan. Uh, that is a fun one. It's a shame. We, I mean, like, look, we, we appreciate Ethan writing in, but we had a long back and forth in discord about, we want to hear more broad Australian accent from (laughs) Ethan and less of this like refined Australian accent. So, oh yeah, I was hoping to get some real, some real crikey. I wasn't going to try and, uh, I wasn't going to try and make it soon, but soon. All right. Coming soon, uh, to a discord near you next up from Kev. Really sorry to have to write tonight's email, so I'll keep it brief. I didn't have time to record a voicemail, and I did not have enough time to watch Inside Man. However, (laughs) I have seen the trailer to Inside Man. So with that in mind, here's Kev's question. (laughs) The trailer trailer. for Inside Man is amazing. What's the last non-Dune new movie trailer to really make an impression on you? Can be good or bad, just not Dune. For me, it's the new trailer for the A24 Von Eric family biopic, The Iron Claw. Oh, yeah. As always, peace and love to you guys, the Gus, the Chuckle Huts, and yes, even the new editing team. H, you're doing a fine job. Your friend in time, Kev. Once again, it's Kev's Questions. Peace and love, Kev. Peace and love. I saw the trailer for Journey to Bethlehem before Paw Patrol, the Mighty movie, um, which is like a live action Christmas musical adventure for the entire family. I thought my heart was going to explode watching that trailer. (laughs) I couldn't believe what I was seeing, dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> Antonio Banderas as Herod. Oh, <laughs> I had blocked that. I had blocked that. Uh, it's a real, it's a real cast of couple. It's a real cast of like no one. Jesus Christ. Oh, that was a tough one. That uh, was a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah, both that one and uh, the other one was like the Angels Can Wait or something like that, which is about like someone trying to get their kid to like a heart transplant in the middle of a snowstorm. Those no. are the trailers we got before Paw Patrol, the mighty tough sledding. It's weird the amount of Christian content that's being programmed, right? Well, that, I mean, it's all because that one. Sound of Freedom. That one. Is that the one where the, the, the child abduction one yeah. or whatever? Yeah, that, that one worked. So now they're like, <laughs> OK, let's go. I can't think of a great trailer that I've that I've watched or something that that really really put me off. I I've been watching fewer trailers. Like I'm trying not to be as spoiled um, going into stuff. I mean, like hard pressed. The, the only thing that's popping in my head is "Don't Worry, Darling," mm. um, but that might have just been Florence effect. So I uh, I saw the second. I think the second Wonka trailer was also before uh, Paw Patrol: The Mighty. Thank movie. you. I only got the first Wonka trailer and I was so pissed. I was like, this is awful. I'm trying to believe it's good. I'm trying. I'm like, I'm like, all right, maybe there's something in here. Mm-mm. Unclear. Mm-mm. We'll see. A lot riding on that. We need that one to work for the, for the franchise to succeed. I got bad news for you. That one is not going to work. Not- that one is but it's the Paddington guy. That's what everyone says. I know he's great. Guy. Not every, like, I think this might be like hubris. This might be, the, okay, he flew too close to the sun. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Time, time All will right. tell. All right. Here's our final voicemail. Escape yeah. pass. Hey, it's Corey from Austin, Texas, calling about the 2006 Spike Lee joint inside man. Full disclosure, I just watched this movie for the first time this morning. Wow. Totally loved it. It was great. Wow. A lot of fun. Um, does it rank as like any kind of favorite for Spike Lee for me? Not really, but I have to admit, I haven't followed Spike too much. Um, like his more recent output, I, I mean, this is what, 2006, and I'm still considering this more recent, so that tells you how up to date on Spike I am. I did see Black Klansman, and I did enjoy that. Um mm. But yeah, what a fun picture. Um, it's still touched a little bit, a little bit of spike in there. And of course, Denzel is just, he's just so, you know, charismatic. What do the kids say? He's got the riz, right? Wow. He's got the riz. You know, that freaking 100 watt smile. And he's just got that swagger. He's just, he really is a blast to watch. He was great. Mm. And finally, after the born identity, we get some real Clive Owen up in this. Scene. Yeah. So he was fun too. I enjoyed watching him. I just really like him in general. Hmm. Um, so it was great seeing him. And is this like the most beautiful Jodie Foster has ever looked in the movie? I don't know. Incredible. I don't know. She was mm-hmm. just really, uh, she was great too. Um, plumber, awesome. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying how great it was. I had a good time. I had a lot of fun watching it. I like the, the way the plot moved. I love the whole heist play, the way that played out and their, their plans with the costumes and, you know, rotating out the, the people doing the heist with the hostages. Great stuff. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, who would tell the foot and play? I guess Miss White, right? She'd have to do the she'd have to do the the Joey Foster part. I'd hate to lose mm-hmm. Foster, but yeah. or she could play the old Nazi supporter Christopher Plummer's part. That'd be mm-hmm. kind of interesting too, but probably less believable in her her in that role unless she plays as a man. Anyway, 
interesting, interesting movie for you guys. I'm excited to hear how this all plays out and just have to say some great content you guys have been putting out recently. You know, even when Jason can't be around, you still fill it with some really great picks, some really great guests. Everything's just rock and rolling with this gay patch. I'm proud to be part of this little family, and uh, I'm glad that it's growing every Aww. day. Keep up the excellent work, you guys. Okay. Aww. Talk to you next week. It's a heartfelt message from Corey. Corey! We love you. We couldn't do it without you. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm really proud. I do. I think we are firing right now, Jason. We got it. We got it going on. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's the boom times. What it's a time. The, it's the harvest. What a time. We, we plant, we, we sow what we've planted. <laughs> the whirlwind is these, coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's happening. All right. What do you have to plug? Unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> my promotion, I had planned a promotional campaign at the Obama Foundation's uh, annual democracy forum. And I am, oh, that's November second, right? I was rejected. I cannot promote my podcast. Oh, uh, by sponsoring, uh, by sponsoring Democracy Forum. So I am only promoting myself. Oh, really? Yeah. Your your request to do it as yeah was denied because there. I, I don't know if that's really true or if it was just like I don't know. But they said like I couldn't do it because it's like the money was not coming from Escape Hatch. The money was coming from me. Oh yeah. And there's no way to like. There's no way for the money to come from Escape Hatch because Escape Hatch isn't real. Um, and so. <laughs> so so yeah but i will be promoting it in my heart all right we need it like let's let's go s corp let's get an ipo lined up just so that we can so we can do this by next year's democracy forum all right all right sounds good that'll be the target what do you have to plug buddy um i would like to plug the biden administration's executive order on ai which was released today um and seems to be reasonably well received by all parties except for Ted Cruz who didn't like it which I take as a positive huh? and yeah it's uh it's going great President Obama seemed to like it President Obama praised it and uh yeah it's going really great for us so uh I'm excited about that it's a big piece of business that um the folks there have been working on for some time and I think is like uh, a substantive bit of policy making so Good and congratulations to the Biden team on their AI policy. I got to say, if we can harness AI effectively and point it in the direction of solving humanity's problems, like it seems great, like right? it's a pretty, pretty net positive. There's a real chance that we get like some kind of crazy breakthrough from this. Like we, there's a chance that we get something really, really amazing. Something could happen. Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's go. Get it. Let's get it. <laughs> And that's it for this episode of Escape Patch. I want to thank Jason and Jeremiah for an amazing conversation. Next week, we welcome the screenwriter of Across the Spider-Verse and many more of our faves, Dave Callahan. He introduces us to his favorite movie of all time, the 90s ski movie, Aspen Extreme. Pray for us. If you're enjoying the show, we need your help. Take a minute to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast or just tell your friends about us because it really does help new listeners find the show. We also have a Discord server where you can hang out with us online whenever you want and a Patreon where you can support us and unlock exclusive perks. Links are in the show notes. Escape Patch is a Tape Deck Podcast John, a production of H Industries. Our artwork is by Catcher and our theme music was composed by Scott Fritz and Who's the Boss Music. 
The episode was edited and produced by me, H. Thanks for listening. See everybody next week. Yo, Mars Blackman here, my main man, Michael Jordan, and Professor Douglas Kilpatrick of the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. Yo, Professor, how does Mike defy gravity? Do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know? Michael Jordan overcomes the acceleration of gravity by the application of his muscle power in the vertical plane, thus producing a low-altitude Earth orbit. Oh, what? Do you know what I mean? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Money, check him out.